Hello, friends. This is Dr. Benjamin Smith, lecturer in philosophy with Catholic Studies Academy. Uh, welcome back to Take Every Thought Captive, where we explore the 2,000-year-old Catholic intellectual tradition. Uh, today, I'm going to be coming to you uh, again uh, on my own, this topic I want to talk about, um, which is uh, the relationship between, I guess for lack of a better term, conservatives and higher education. One of the things that I've observed, uh, you know, in recent years, seems to be growing, and I've you know, observed this with kind of increasing um, alarm and worry, is uh, what I would say is a growing antipathy by what I would call conservatives, um, um, those devoted to historical Christianity, Roman Catholicism, or uh, at least to following right reason, um, between conservatives and higher education, or by conservatives towards higher education, right? That is, there's a real, um, I almost kind of... Um, hatred, contempt on the right towards our institutions of higher education in the United States and elsewhere. Now, there might be some good reasons for this, um, but I actually think that this is a kind of self-defeating stance. I don't actually think this is helpful uh, for uh, conservatives, uh, for, for those who want to follow faith and right reason. Um, uh, for several reasons, um, I, I think it's not helpful for conservatives, and I think it's not helpful for our society or for um, sort of the culture war that we're involved in, uh, culture conf, uh, as uh, Bismarck would have called it. Um, so I want to you know, sort of lay out today both uh, uh, a couple of remarks about what it means to be conservative, and then try to make a case for why conservatives should be concerned not to necessarily um, abandon or uh, higher education, uh, why conservatives should have, a, um, you know, sort of a, an optimistic view perhaps of, um, or a positive view of higher education, and, and maybe a couple of practical things about what we can do uh, going forward. So by conservative, uh, you know, if, if you have looked at my book, Understanding uh, Modern Political Ideas, I, I lay out there what I mean by conservative. <clears throat> I would take really, again, all of those who follow natural law, um, all of those who follow any historic form of Christianity or right reason to be a conservative, at least to some degree or the other. Uh, what I think really unites conservatism is the desire to conserve what I would call uh, the natural law or conserve a specific tradition, uh, to conserve really those uh, three pillars, I would say, of what I call piety or what I think is piety in the natural law in the classical sense. Piety is um, that virtue of respect for our origins. And I think conservatives almost universally hold that virtue, right? That is, I think, the almost kind of the defining virtue of a conservative is someone who reverences the origins of being, namely um, God um, and country and parents. And then we might also add on to that um, our, uh, um, the customs that we have been raised in 
we honor those customs as an extension, really, of our country and of our, our family. So maybe one way of, of putting this is God, family, country, right, are the kind of values that that orient the conservative, right? Now, I take those terms to include a lot. When we're talking about God, we're talking about certainly about religion, but about a view of the universe uh, that includes natural law, that includes natural purposes, that includes um, immutable essences, uh, and therefore uh, absolute truths, those sorts of things. Um, in addition, uh, when we talk about our country, of course, we're talking about not simply the political entity, certainly that, but also sort of that that nation that we're a part of, right? You know, um, and and sort of the customs that go with that nation, right? So, I'm an American of, you know, sort of Anglo, um, you know, Irish descent, and uh, and I live in the Southern United States of America. Then the customs that define those, you know, various elements are are customs that that are important to me, right? When I think about them, what are those? You know, they could be everything from the you know the forms of etiquette that I use, um, the mannerisms that I adopt towards the fairer sex, um, the kinds of literature that I admire, everything from Shakespeare to Faulkner um, to Walker Percy, um, you know, uh, mom, apple pie, and American football. All of that, right, are are the customs, right, that I value, right? They're part of my sort of patrimony, I guess you'd say, and they're things that I pass on to my children. Uh, and then finally, and, and uh, you know, maybe very concretely, the family, right? That is, we value, conservatives value the traditional family, they value their own families, they value their ancestors, they value their descendants. And that because they value their ancestors, they want to pass on something from their ancestors that they have received to their descendants, right? So conservatives are essentially, right, people of piety, people of respect. Um, they want to preserve, right, the goods that they find in God, family, and country. Um, now, uh, on the other side, you might have progressives. We could say lots of things about what is progressive. I have in previous podcasts. Uh, if you want to go back and revisit some of those, you know, like uh, I do have a whole podcast on, you know, what is the problem with progressivism? Essentially, progressivism, um, combines a couple of different things. I think a radical commitment to utilitarianism as well as egalitarianism. So it's utilitarian. It wants to create the greatest satisfaction and it wants to do so in a way that is as equalizing as possible. And that it sees those two, you know, sort of um, those two points of reference as the most important thing. You know, again, equality and universal uh, and in human satisfaction, I guess you'd say, um, that those are the, the most important things and that science and political power should be used to advance them. Now, interestingly, progressives um, maybe in some ways better than uh, conservatives in, in, in recent decades anyways, progressives recognize the power and importance of institutions right, and of uh, social sort of organisms. And I think uh, to, I guess their credit, <laughs> as it were, um, they have been very active in seizing power in those institutions. In fact, in the 1960s, the, the left 
even the radical left, including socialist, Maoist, etc., uh, explicitly um, you know came on the scene and, and made an explicit c- commitment to capturing the various institutions. Right, and we find this in the you know sort of uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, the kind of neo-Marxist. Uh, uh, sort of movement in America, along with you know more sort of ordinary progressives, committed to capturing the institutions and in particular to capturing the institution of higher education. Now, why is that? Well, higher education is very important, especially in the United States of America, and really you know in the modern world. Okay, now there's a lot of angst about higher education today and a lot of um, criticism of higher education today and some of it rightly. Now what I want to focus on is that the political criticism of higher education as well as the cultural significance here right, of higher education. So I will concede to my fellow conservatives that um, we have good reasons right, to have antipathy towards higher education. And that's because higher education in many institutions, of course, this is regionally diversified to some degree. I live in Tennessee. The public institutions are liberal here, but not extreme for the most part, right? Um, In other places, it's going to be stronger. I think there's some state differentiation here. Um, But it is true that in large measure, both public and private institutions of higher education have been hijacked to a greater or lesser, important qualification, a greater or lesser degree by the left and sometimes by even really radical versions like critical race theory, um, forms of radical feminism, uh, forms of uh, gender um ideology, right? Uh, so all of those sort of things we can find um, quite prevalent in higher education. Also, our values of God, family, and country are very often demeaned, right? And subverted by the, you know, by what we find in higher education. So I do understand uh, that there is, um, there are reasons, right, for conservatives to have an antipathy towards higher education. Um, I think that has to be conceded. But there's a number of qualifications that I have to say uh, as well, right? Maybe a couple of corrections. One is it's often thought that this is simply a matter of, well, all those liberal faculty, right? It's all those liberal professors, right, that are the problem. Well, while it might be the case, that liberal professors are a problem. Very often, the most draconian and forceful left-wing policies don't come directly from the faculty. In fact, faculty, while they might have a good amount of sway within their own classroom, uh, no longer, and I actually think this is a problem, no longer have very much juridical power within the institutions of higher education, right? Uh, really, many of the most draconian diversity, equity, and inclusion kinds of neo-Marxist uh, forms of policy come from um, administrators, right? Many of whom have learned about these things in the corporate world, right? That is, you know, 
alongside the capture of higher education by the left has also been the capture of um of then you know many large multinational corporations have taken on right uh what are in fact some forms of neo-marxism right and uh the administrators within you know universities very often uh, come from that world or at least are influenced by that world and therefore follow sort of the that that culture that commitment to left-wing cultural ideology so um it's important to recognize that i think that that this isn't it's not exclusively and i would say even primarily an issue of left-wing professors i think it's primarily a problem with the administration right uh of these uh institutions but that's just a maybe a correction here that, that sometimes i think is correcting maybe a misapprehension right of what's going on now uh even if though i can see that there is um there are reasons why conservatives would be um apprehensive with respect to higher education i don't think that that means that they should abandon it altogether or even worse, draw the conclusion that higher education is in itself inimical to conservative values. Mm -hmm. This is very important because I've seen a strain of conservatism that I would almost call sort of Philistine or anti-intellectual uh, that I think is highly problematic and really doesn't belong within conservatism at all. For example, there is an attitude out there that the only kind of education that matters is the education that gives you money, right? That is not, my friends, a conservative value. That's an enlightenment point of view. That's not Catholic. That's not Christian. That's nothing, right, that we should uh, uphold. Certainly, we should labor to earn our daily bread. Certainly, uh, work and earning uh, the means of life is important, right? But that is not in any sense, it doesn't in any sense follow that the only kind of education that matters is the kind that gives you uh, money or profit, right? A great deal of education in the arts and sciences is simply for its own sake, right? And conservatives in European, Western, Christian culture, especially Catholic culture, right, have recognized the importance of truth and beauty and knowledge for its own sake, right? Uh, Roman Catholics, Christians, created the institutions of higher education, certainly in order to be useful, there's no doubt about that, but also in order to pursue knowledge, right? Just because that's who and what we are as rational animals. So the kind of, I would call, pretty low-brow thinking um, that would, you know, associate conservatism with a merely utilitarian approach to education is actually, I think, problematic. As I say, I think what really defines conservatism is piety, right? And piety, you know, uh, with its devotion to God and, and the, all that that means, truth, being, beauty, etc., to our country, right, to its history, right, to its beautiful natural uh, scenery, right, um, uh, the natural landscape, uh, I should say, um, to its customs, right, many of which involve art and architecture. I mean, those are all really tied into a non-utilitarian approach to education. Now, that said, I want to be clear, I think it's perfectly fine 
to pursue education for the sake of of acquiring you know uh, marketable skills that help one you know to 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 provide for oneself and uh, provide marketable goods and services. What I insist on though is that that's not the only approach to education, and that for conservatives in particular, again committed to piety, that should not uh, in any sense right be our sole focus when it comes to education. Um, so that's another, that's one, you know, sort of corrective here, right, uh, that I think uh, needs to be uh, acknowledged. Another one is in a very, you know, very close relation, it's just a disdain for liberal arts, for philosophy, for theology, etc. None of which, again, is conservative. What's conservative is to value philosophy, to value theology, right, to be engaged in uh, the debates of Augustine and Thomas Aquinas and Suarez and um, John Calvin and Martin Luther and, and C.S. Lewis and all these, you know, uh, thinkers, right? Um, that's part of our heritage as men of the West. That's part of our heritage uh, as um, uh, Americans, as descendants of European culture, right, is to be engaged in the great questions of philosophy and theology to appreciate the beautiful tradition of literature that we have from Homer to Aeschylus uh, to um, uh, Shakespeare to Chaucer to so many wonderful authors, J.R.R. Tolkien. These, you know, so many conservatives love J.R.R. Tolkien and then, and then, and then turn right around and demean the liberal arts. We know where J.R.R. Tolkien learned all this stuff in the liberal arts, right? The Lord of the Rings wouldn't exist if he didn't study the humanities and the liberal arts. Same thing with C.S. Lewis. All of those wonderful stories grew out of his, his prolonged engagement with the Western literary tradition. So if you like those things and you're a conservative, then you should like liberal arts education. You should value education in humanities. You should value education in literature. It's foolish not to do so. Um, so those are two corrective points I, I want to make. Now, let's address the thing in itself then what is higher education and then why should we value it okay to say anything about that requires to say about a little bit about education in general now very importantly everything i'm about to say about this is a very conservative approach to education that is it is a it is an approach to education that is rooted in the western tradition particularly that is rooted in a classical Christian tradition informed by Christian practice over the centuries, as well as uh, Aristotelian, Thomist, and more broadly, classical philosophical thinking. All right. So again, that's a conservative approach. Why is it? Because it's, it's, it's drawing on what's customary to Western civilization, what should be customary for all those cultures and civilizations of European descent. Europa, right, if if you like. So um, what is education? It's a chere, right? It's a, it's a, there's a there's a there's a teaching, a leading out from, uh, an informing, right? Education right, essentially involves the formation of certain uh, sciences and arts. Okay. Uh, famously, you cannot actually teach the virtues. You can teach about the virtues. You can do things that maybe establish customs and practices that cultivate the virtues, but you cannot teach the virtues, right? The virtues take voluntary actions that you may encourage. 
that you may uh, try to elicit, but that you cannot ultimately uh, simply teach. However, you can teach the arts and sciences. The arts, right, are habits that uh, perfect a product and perfect a process. The sciences uh, are habits of thought that perfect a way of thinking about a certain subject matter. You notice I use the word perfect in both instances. Both arts and sciences are perfective of who and what we are as human beings. That is, they actualize our ability for knowing and doing, right? They, they, they fulfill, right, the, our God-given uh, potential for knowledge and for doing, for knowing and for doing, for speaking and for doing, right? We have various kinds of arts. There's the mechanical and productive arts um, that, that uh, perfect our ability to uh, produce objects and items of manufacture uh, to, um, you know, um, like say, for example, carpentry, right? That, that sort of thing, right? That would be an art in the sense of um, a habit of doing that allows us to, to perfect woodworking, right? And the performation of furniture and the production of houses and things of the sort. We also have what are called the liberal arts, right? Or sometimes the humanities. What are the liberal arts? I'm just going very quickly here. What are the liberal arts? Historically, the liberal arts are the trivium and the quadrivium, right? That is, they include those arts of, um, of quantitative reasoning, arts of language, arts of thought, right? Um, arts of observation, right, in terms of astronomy, right, uh, that perfect our ability to reason well, to reason quantitatively, to reason linguistically, and to be persuasive and to communicate effectively, right? So here we're thinking about things like rhetoric, logic, um, thinking about grammar, that would be a literary kind of education. Uh, we're thinking about uh, quantitative type matters, right, in the quadrivium like geometry, right? That helps us to think in terms of uh, spatial terms and to think uh, sort of in terms of proportionate relationships. We're also thinking about uh, arithmetic, music, and astronomy, right? All of these are quantitative forms of reasoning, right? So the liberal arts helped us to perfect our thinking. Very closely attached to the liberal arts are the humanities, right? That is the study of the human things. Right, so you could bring this into grammar if you like, or what I was saying earlier is that literary kind of education. Then it would also expand into studying history, right? Uh, for example, uh, as well as uh, literature. So uh, literature, history, very important, right? Help us to understand, expand our our basis for um, the information that we have, right? About human nature about human experience about what man is what our passions are those sorts of things right uh both the the practice of history and literature literary analysis teaches to reason well right within certain domains of uh inquiry again all of this should sound have a unifying character to it which is perfecting our ability to do to know to speak well right um to communicate effectively, right? All of those are sort of things that are good in themselves, right? Now they also have other effects that are good, uh, but they're good in themselves insofar as, right? Uh, we are, um, um, insofar as uh, they perfect 
right? Our natural powers, right? They they lead us to a, a fuller natural flourishing. Now we could, of course, in, uh, look at in, uh, more advanced sciences like philosophy, and I do call it a science, broadly construed. Um, uh, uh, Wissenschaften, right? Uh, in that sort of German sense of a, a craft of, of thought. Think about economics. Uh, and of course, we could think about the empirical sciences that we've developed in the modern period. All of these expend our, extend our knowledge, right? Now, and are perfective of, of our nature. That's what makes them good in themselves, right? That is also the background of higher education. Now, it is, I think, open to argument and I think open to circumstance and sort of social and cultural shifts to think about where or what stage one should learn all these. I wouldn't want to be too dogmatic uh, about maybe the age and when you're learning things. Obviously, there are some things that are maybe beyond a certain age, you know, you're not going to teach a five-year-old algebra, but um, uh, nevertheless, you know, maybe you could learn algebra at a certain level and then go back to algebra uh, at, a, at a different level. When we're talking about higher education, we're talking about this education, but taken uh, to its advanced level, advanced both in terms of the level of operation expertise that's expected, right, as well as the... Um, the kind of mastery of method and research, right, that goes into uh, higher education. So higher education, higher, right, higher than what? Primary and secondary. Primary and secondary advance the arts and sciences, but they do so at a rudimentary or basic or intermediate level. Higher education advances those things at an advanced level, right, especially when we bring in and expect a higher degree of mastery, especially with respect to uh, methods and procedures, right? So, uh, as well as uh, the overall uh, content of uh, knowledge of the subject matter. Now, you might say, Dr. Smith, that all sounds very good, but that's not what's going on. And I understand that, and I grant that, I concede that point. But you should also see that that is still there to some degree. This is where I think sometimes, you know, my conservative friends are too... Um, uh, dramatic, too critical on these points, right? It just doesn't exist at all. Well, that's not true. I mean, I've been to a whole variety of different kinds of institutions and been able to find fine philosophy professors, history professors, literature professors. Were they all great at the institution? No. Were there plenty of left-wing ones? Yes. Uh, but was I able to find some good ones? And then the answer is yes, right? And, you know, was I able to to grow in my understanding of uh, maybe languages. Uh, yes, I was, right? In my study uh, of history. Yes. right. So I think the idea that it's all just, you know, um, a pile of rubbish is, is itself just a pile of rubbish. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's just a lack of experience. I think that's maybe, maybe somebody who's taken a semester or two and just gotten frustrated and quit, or just knows about the institutions from the outside, at least for the most part. Okay, so why is that conservative, what I've just described as higher education? Why, why is it that conservatives should value higher education? Well, then again, friends, we're going to at least want some people in our society to have an advanced knowledge of the customs of our patria and an advanced knowledge 
of our nation in terms of its laws, in terms of its beliefs, and in terms of God, right? That again, God specifically in terms of theology, but also more broadly in terms of a, you know, an integrated view, philosophical view of the world. The God and our country and our customs are all central conservative values, right? They're defining in terms of what it means to be a conservative. And so we should want there to be people who have advanced knowledge of these things. And you get that advanced knowledge in institutions of higher education, right? It's as simple as that. If you're a conservative, you value God. You value the customs of your country, the literary, the cultural customs of your people, right? And you value your nation in terms of its history, its political institutions, its laws. We need to have people who are, have advanced knowledge in those things. It is inherent and proper to the conservative perspective to value higher education. To dismiss higher education is not conservative. So, um, friends, I hope that that's, that's a clear enough case. Right? Again, I see conservatism and, and, and higher education linked through that great classical virtue of piety, right? attaching us to God, to the customs of our people, and to right, uh, the nation and its uh, political uh, institutions. Now, again, I do recognize the reality on the ground, right? That is that often the, the higher education, institutions of higher education um, uh, do not do well at those things. But it's not true that that's true of all institutions of higher education. Um, there are, you know, I, I think that even, even some state institutions, you can go and find what I'm talking about in those institutions. Maybe you have to do a little work and you have to ask some questions. Maybe you have to do a little collaboration and networking to find out where, who are the more conservative, where are the more conservative departments, the more conservative uh, professors, that sort of thing, right? But you can find it, I think, if you want. Now, you might say, let me get, throw out a practical question. Okay, yeah, but still, does that necessarily mean that all conservatives should send their, send their kids to college? I don't necessarily think so, to be honest. And that's for several reasons. I do also concede and understand that most people think about college education in terms of uh, professional training and career preparation. I get that, okay? Um, and so I do think if, if you're going to be an look, if you're going to be an attorney, you got to go to college. If you're going to be a medical doctor, you got to go to college. Uh, if you're going to be a business manager, for the most part, you got to go to college. Maybe there's some exceptions, but still, for the most part, you know, uh, you know, not having an MBA doesn't mean there's certain jobs you're not going to get. Simple as that, right? Um, not having even just a basic bachelor's degree in business is going to, you know, preclude you from many uh, possible professions. There are a lot of professions you can pursue without a college degree. And if you want to pursue those things, that is perfectly fine. I don't think there's any conservative duty, right, to, uh, uh, for every conservative to pursue higher education. But what we need to move away from, so if, if you know, you're thinking about this practically, talking about yourself or your children, you know, think about whether or not they should go to college 
from a professional point of view. I think it's perfectly fine to approach it from that. But also you can approach it from, in addition, from the perspective of, and gosh, wouldn't it be great, right, if um, uh, they were able to engage in an advanced true higher education, right, uh, in which they did grow in their advanced knowledge of God and country and customs, uh, tradition, we could say. Uh, I think that that's certainly also worthy of our practical consideration. So that's, uh, I think, from the practical point of view. From the political point of view, I really think conservatives need to just stop it with uh, this sort of unqualified hostility towards higher education. I think what we do need to do is to encourage a national and serious conversation about the place of higher education within the American economy, within American culture. It's not going away altogether. And I don't think it should go away altogether, to be honest. Now, perhaps we should, as myself and my colleagues have done with Catholic Studies Academy, develop alternative tracks where some of this this information can be acquired, this uh, kind of education can be acquired to some degree, right? Um, without the expense, right? Say of of a college education, but nevertheless, we need to get we need we need. So I do think we need to con- engage in a reforming conversation about the place of higher education in America. But we don't need to come with this attitude that higher education is somehow just inimical to being conservative at all. As I've already made the case. We need to change our attitude about this, change our perspective on this, and recognize that higher education is essentially tied to conservatism. And what we need to do is to encourage where we do see conservatives in higher education or conservative professors or conservative institutions. We need to double down on those, right, and push them forward and uh, support them. And above all, as I say, uh, get rid of this sort of... um, attitude that sees conservatism and higher education as essentially uh, opposed, right? We need to see them rather as essentially uh, related and as much as possible move to make higher education uh, re um, retrieve right? its proper conservative mission. Well, friends, those are just some thoughts and ideas I wanted to share with you about where I see some, some maybe some errors in our uh, contemporary um, discourse, um, and, and that we can maybe sort of improve, right, uh, the discourse by sort of adjusting, I think, the way that conservatives think about higher education um, going forward. Well, friends, if you enjoyed this conversation, please, you know, be sure to uh, uh, to share this information, to like it, uh, on, if you're viewing this on YouTube. Also, please remember that I uh, have launched a new um, uh, uh, content production endeavor uh, called Logos Letter, right? It's a week, uh, not a weekly, it's a, probably a bi-weekly newsletter that comes out maybe two or three times a month in which I explore topics in philosophy and Christian faith and politics and culture. So if you enjoy that sort of content, uh, uh, please um, go ahead and go over to Logos Letter 2022. You'll be able to sign up there for free uh, and uh, you'll be able to uh, receive that uh, newsletter from me, uh, let's say about every 10 days uh, or so. It's got great content about Thomism, culture, politics, 
economics, etc. You're going to like it for sure. All right. Well, thanks a lot, friends, for uh, giving me your time. Uh, I hope that you found this uh, discussion edifying and useful and enjoyable. Until next time, God bless.